Welcome! I'm Roxanne Spring, your personal midwife after hours, celebrating and promoting wisdom and power in pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Today, I have the great privilege of having Megan Hamilton as my guest. I want to tell you a little bit about Megan. We met when my youngest son with Down syndrome started attending Tavon Learning Center. She was the program manager there. It's an amazing adult daycare center and it emphasized horticultural therapy. At that point in Megan's life, she'd been focused on working with people with developmental disabilities ever since she'd received her bachelor's in public relations from Central Washington University. She lived in several states while serving in Arizona. It, she began working with develop, those with developmental disabilities and facilitating public relationships for the Special Olympics of Arizona. And she also coordinated programs in the city of Mesa for specialized recreation. Then when she was in Colorado, she interned for the Breckenridge Outdoor Education, leading wilderness adventures for people with special needs. Our connection deepened uh, about seven years ago as we joined hands for her journey into parenthood. Since then, she's predominantly at home with her kiddos, as she calls them. She's been married to her husband, Mike, for seven years, and her kiddos are two, four, and six. She currently volunteers at the Black Diamond Mops and the Covington Creek Nursery, and occasionally she works at Cedar River Sellers Winery in her and in her free time she still loves to garden and read and capture an occasional nap as often as she can. Welcome Megan Hamilton. I'm so delighted to have you here today. I can't wait to hear all the things that you want to share with us. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. I think that the greatest thing to start off with is how how did you get connected with midwifery? What led you there? What have, how did that start? I know it's kind of funny how it happened. Um, I mean, to go way, way back. So I was never a lady who was like, had all these dreams of marriage and children. It just wasn't, I, it wasn't like I wasn't going to do it, but I just, I wasn't, I don't know. It just, you know, I met Mike and I knew I wanted to get married and I kind of knew I wanted to have babies, but he even tells me the story of when we were on our first date. He was like, how many kids do you want? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just wasn't sure if that was for me. Um, so I'm not super maternal previously to having children. But, um, and then we got married and we got pregnant. And um, I always kind of joke, my husband has all these lady friends in different areas. And he happened to have this group of friends of women in Issaquah. And, um, Corey was one who she's in the prenatal bonding world and doula world and um, Dominica was one and they'd all had home births and so it was really something that he brought up to me and it just made so much sense. Um, so I met with those ladies and they were just wonderful and um, and then I just kind of I was like oh well I know Roxanne through her son and 
it just all things led to that direction and it just kind of all clicked and made sense for us. That's that's great. That's great. I love to hear the stories of how it can come through either party, you know? And I know. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of maybe not the majority comes through the husband. I don't know, but it did. So, yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's kind of interesting too, because what does your husband do? <laughs> which I know. He's but... a firefighter um, and an electrician. Um, but yeah, he just was like, I mean, I'm sure he, he was, he's just was open-minded at the time. And I'm sure he would have gone down whatever path, but he, he was just kind of like, you should talk to them. You should talk to Corey. You should talk to Dominica. And it just made total sense to me at the time. Mm -hmm. So. And then you, that is the route you went and you did that for your entire family, which you have three children. All so, three, yeah. Yes. So you don't have any comparison other than experiences of your friends and other ones. Okay. Is there a way that you had a sense of what kinds of, what, what sort of differences existed? Mm, not really, because, I mean, at the time, like my close, close girlfriends, none of them had kids. So even though I had kids later, at like 30, 31, I was kind of the first of my like core group of friends. And then, you know, at that time I was working full time. So I didn't have this mom community. Um, so yeah, it was really foreign. It was really new. Um, I just read a lot and like, you know, I just always kind of go with my gut type of personality. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm very open-minded to hearing new alternative thoughts and methods and then it just kept clicking and making sense for me i mean i i laugh because you know we did check out the first center in seattle that you're what you were affiliated with and i kept thinking like i will probably go down that route like i'm happy to stay at home and just kind of like see what happens but i just like with the first like i was always like well at least i have that like in my back pocket so i i was never i was I was like, I think this will work, but I wasn't totally dead set on having the child at home. But it made total sense to me that you would stay at home as long as possible if everything was going. But then it's so funny looking back. It's like, why, if everything, why would you even leave? <laughs> like, why would you go to the person? It's so silly. But teach their own. But um, yeah, so that never happened. But, uh, but no, I mean, there wasn't a lot of like comparisons or differences. Um, you know, I can, if I really think back right now, I can remember someone telling me a story and they were like, so concerned if you had them at home, what if something went wrong? And I guess that wasn't really where I was, my heart was leading is like, what if this went wrong? It, it was just like, there's nothing going wrong. So why would that be my direction or my primary focus? Because everything's going fine. So, yeah. So what, you know, what would you like to tell us? about your either the care during pregnancy or the birth your first birth was very unusual oh my it was goodness. very it was like, unusual yeah. for me as a midwife to say that it was very unusual yeah. but uh it, it was, was very amazing. unusual yeah <laughs> well i mean i always tell everybody that like just the care you receive from a midwife like you know almost 
if everything's going smoothly health-wise, like all we really need is someone to just be like caring and empathetic and supportive and loving and create that environment. And it, that alone is like half the battle, you know, as long as everything is healthy, kind of was the other half, but yeah, it just, you know, at some point in all this, I was driving an hour to see you and vice versa, but it was so worth it. Like, I, it was just like, oh, I love her and I want to see her and, you know, this is what I need right now. Like, I kind of joke, one of the pregnancies, I remember you saying the second one, you were like, or birth, second birth, you were like, well, I can leave now. And I was like, because you were going to give me some time with my husband, which was very sweet. But I was like, no, no, I need a woman here. <laughs> like, if you're going to leave, some other woman needs to come. And I need that womanly you just get it presence. Um, but uh, yeah, my first birth, my first labor was crazy. So long, so long. Although that labor but, wasn't long. The labor wasn't long. You breathed through labor. You, I mean, yeah. you, you were. Once, yeah. You had a very brief labor, but you had an, an incredibly long we don't even have to tell how long <laughs> oh i mean goodness. you can tell yeah. your story the way you want to tell it but it was long yes it was long and there was it was weird because like obviously it was my first first so i didn't know what i was doing and i remember like feeling the urge to push and pushing real early on i think even before you got there maybe but just nothing was working like it, nothing was you know Oh, yeah, I was long. long, long. <laughs> yeah, speaking to your stamina, you had incredible stamina. You you may be small, but you are mighty. You're a <laughs> mighty woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when he finally did come, oh my gosh, that was so cool and so empowering mm -hmm. and so awesome. And I was hooked and I wanted to do it again. And <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a point actually that we might have even um, transported, not because you were not capable or baby, you know, you were both doing fine. But the reason that we didn't transfer was because it was rush hour traffic. And the notion of going out there in the traffic. For Seattle. You yes. have to go from Renton yes. to Seattle. Yes. I just needed a change. I needed a change. And I was like, I think I need to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But then that thought was like, why? <laughs> why would I go? So they could cut me open? Like, that's not what I want. So then that, I just wanted a magic solution. And that, like a simple answer for a minute was like, let's go to the hospital. But I was like, that's not going to be a magic solution. That's going to be a worse solution. Um, and then, yeah, like, Issaquah wouldn't take me, so then UW would, and it was like three o'clock, I think, on a Wednesday, and that just seemed ridiculous. And then your assistant, Alicia, was like, you, I think, were on the phone, or you were doing something. She, I was like, either I said check me again, or she checked me again, and she was like, you literally have a knuckle. And it sounds so silly, but I was like, okay, give me a protein bar. I like, needed some energy, and then I just pushed him out. <laughs> as hard as I possibly could <laughs> and so then the next birth was also surprising but in the opposite way wasn't oh, it oh my gosh Magnolia's birth was so <laughs> wonderful and easy and lovely and mm. 
quick and but not quick as in like hurtful like I was you would sweat my membranes the night before and my husband had this lovely time we watched like girly sappy movie drew Barrymore sappy movies and I cooked a chicken broccoli rice skillet and it was just us and it was sweet and I was having contractions all night long but I was actually like able to to pray for thanks for thanksgiving from god like like thank you for bringing this on because we had waited two solid weeks past my due date um but it was weird i was like still felt restful that evening as they were coming but then my husband totally my husband was like i'm gonna go to the fire station and i was like i don't think you should go but he still went and so i that was around probably like six or seven a.m so i laid there having these contractions pretty pretty intensely i don't know how to rate that right this sec but it was like 9 a.m or so and i was like i should probably get up i should probably do something and when i got up they were intense and i was all alone and it was fine i remember calling my mom and she was like oh you're all alone i was like no it's okay like just something needs to happen. We need to like put this plan in motion. And so my husband came home, you came home to my house and it just flowed so perfectly. But it was so funny because I remember sitting in the rocking chair, kind of just dealing with it. And you were, you thought you could go. And that's when I was like, you can go, but I need another woman here. Like I cannot be alone with my husband with this right now. And then it was like minutes and I was like, I, I don't even know if I said the words, but I signaled, get me to the couch. And it was so cool. Like I knew what I was doing and I could push her out and I felt her crowning and I was super involved and she just came right out and it was awesome. It was. It was, it was awesome. so awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. 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 And then what was surprising about your third pregnancy? Well, everything was surprising because we were done. Yes. My husband was done. I was not done. Um, so it was like still a little bit of a surprise to me, but more a surprise to him. So she was just a surprise all around. Mm -hmm. um, and that was awesome. And that was fun. And then I think I got in my head a little bit too much. And, you know, you guys, you had told me that the third can be a trickster. And so I was trying to have like no expectations, but I was trying to have no expectations anyways. But like, comparing birth one and birth two that was like as polar opposite as possible so then it left me going like oh what could third what could the third entail I have no idea so the third one was so different just because I think I got in my head a little bit too much and and we had some like logistical things like I really wanted the birth photographer so that required me to be more in my head to like call her and tell her when to come and all those things and then um, we were in a different setting. We were in a different house. Mm -hmm. The other two were in Retton. This one was in Kent. Um, and then I was just so set on having her in the water. But I mean, really, she did come quickly and it was pretty smoothly. It just, I just think I was in my head a little bit too much. And, and her, her birth was a little sharper. Mm. The other ones were like dull. Easton's mm. was dull pain, you know, if you want to call it pain or dull sensation. Magnolia's was like not a big deal at all. And I was welcoming it because I'd waited so long. Dakota was still late, but only by a few days. 
We did a couple membrane sweeps. Maybe it took on the second one. But I did not have a restful night. Um, mm. You swept my membrane later and I, you stuck around. But by like 11 p.m., I was like, I think you can go home. And then I probably called you at three in the morning, but I did not sleep that 11 mm-hmm. to three. So mm-hmm. I was tired and mm-hmm. she was my only early morning baby. Mm-hmm. And I think just, you know, I hopped in the water a little too soon. I could have still been walking and laboring a little bit more, but I'm so glad I had her in the bur- or in the mm-hmm. water. But I kind of joked that if I had a fourth, which I won't because my husband had a vasectomy, I would probably do it on land. So I joke, I like my babies on land, not, not on, in sea, on sea, but um, yeah, but it was awesome. And I'm glad I did it. And it was just so cool. Like, but it, you know, I, I tell people the water felt disorienting to me. Mm-hmm. Like um, you definitely can move around a lot more, but then like, even when like, you know, I was in a different position and you couldn't really access me as well just because the room and the water and I remember you going okay pull her out of the water (laughs) because I just didn't know what I didn't know or whatever and so that was kind of a funny story but it was so cool because I was totally convinced she was a boy and she was a girl and it was so cool to have it photographed with that expression of shock like oh my gosh I got another girl and that's so so special to have sisters and um yeah really fun so so special yeah 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 Yeah. so tell me about you were you began this story saying you're not very maternal or you didn't think of yourself as maternal beforehand so tell me how that has developed well it's like I feel like there's so many friends of mine were like oh yeah I babysat and I, was, I did not want to babysit like mm-hmm. I did and I can tell you a couple horror stories and I was just like oh my goodness but even to this day like I love a newborn baby but I don't really need to hold it that's great like like that's awesome and they're so sweet but um but I but with mine like it's just so different and that's what that's what people say you know so I can kind of joke like I'm not I always love children but I love my children obviously and then I just got the bug like I know it jokingly again when my husband and I were on that date and I said I wasn't really sure if I wanted kids and then I wanted four you know I had Easton and it's so cool and so awesome and so empowering the way we did it with the home birth and I mean if if Mike said yes I would have another one for sure um Cody's personality my third she kind of maxed me out. And so I would have needed like that push from him. Like we got this, let's do this. We can do it. And still to this day, when like my, my kids are hanging out and there happens to be a fourth that I'm in charge of a fourth child. I'm always like, Ooh, that looks fun. Like, but I just, I also feel like I'm, I'm pretty maxed out with the three. Um, <laughs> and I also feel like I'm, I, as much as I loved pregnancy and birth, I'm kind of like, no, I've done that. I've done that enough times. Like, I'm good. Um, but it's still just so fun, you know, like kind of learning as I go with my children. And I feel like already I've learned so much from Easton and his personality that I can apply towards the girls. And then it's also a little bit different mothering a son versus mothering the girls. And um, 
I'm also really, really, really fortunate that my husband is around as much as he is for someone who has two full-time jobs. And he's just such a great dad. And at this point, as at Easton six, he's just all about Mike. And so it kind of balances things. So I have the girls and he has Easton, but um, yeah, so I still don't totally feel like this. I mean, I guess just that would just be in comparison to other moms as far as like this maternal nest, but to, towards my own, yes. And Mike even just said in this Mother's Day card, like, it's just so cool to watch you be their mom. And that's really sweet. So I really enjoy it. I really enjoy my children. I really, you know, even with, with like the shutdown last year, it was just like, we're going to go in the backyard and have like the best day every day. And we did. And it was really sweet. And that time together is really sweet. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've stepped into it and I've had lots of great, you know, mentors and other women to provide that support. So, um, did yeah. you, and, and did you go about creating this community around you and how did you do that? Because you were, uh, had been a working woman and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yes. I can remember back in the day, I can't even remember the app now. I don't even think it's a thing anymore, but it, oh, Meetup, Meetup. Yes. That was like a huge app. And so I met a lot of like Renton moms and then through other friends, they connected me with these amazing, um, like mops style ministries. And I've met a lot of mom friends that way. And then eventually my close girlfriends all had kiddos as well. So I've got different kind of groups going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, now, nowadays it's almost like, do I know anyone who's single, let alone without children? <laughs> it's a little bit harder to find yeah. that person in my, in my friend circle. But, um, but yeah, I was really uh, intentional on creating that community. When I first had Easton, I was still working. I worked from home, which I was really fortunate to at least give a try. I had, you know, my mother and my boss at the time, they were, they were working moms. And they were always like pro-working mom, but in a supportive way. And so I, I guess like I knew deep down that I was not going to be a working mom, but I felt like. I couldn't turn down this opportunity to at least try because it was something that I could do from home and I, I could still, you know, be a mom, but working from home. So I gave it a try and then it just got exponentially harder. And I knew that was something I wasn't going to be doing. So when I left, I felt great about leaving and, you know, as hard as it is and, you know, it's hard not to do the grass is greener. Like I feel like, Oh, it'd be so much easier just to go to a job um, this is so much more rewarding and I'm just so thankful to get to be with them. And, um, you know, I'm, I still enjoy work and the nature of work. Mm -hmm. So I do do some things out of the home, mm -hmm. um, very sporadically to like these days. Um, but it's just still nice to have something that's your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so are those things that you have chosen to continue outside? Are they for uh, like self-care or are they for be, being community involved in the community? Which aspects of those are, uh, how would you describe the time that you have with your other pursuits? Well, you know, the recent one, I'm, I'm just volunteering on Fridays at um, Covington Creek Nursery. So I, it's just like a happy place of mine. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed plants. That's something that I 
uh, learned through working at the Tablon Center, my old job previously before kiddos, um, and I that I've just still carried the interest in gardening to this day. And so mm-hmm. that Covington Creek Nursery, I would take my kids, and I was like, oh, it's my happy place. But with my kiddos, it was a very short visit, you know. <laughs> and so I always told them, if you ever wanted help, I'd love to help because I just I love to gain the knowledge of working with the plants. And I also just love like the peace and serenity and, you know, just the therapeutic aspect Mm -hmm. of working with the plants. Um, But then I also work at a winery once in a while, and that would be more for the social part, for Mm -hmm. sure. Like everyone's just happy to be there and mostly adults and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just fun to get Mm -hmm. out. And I've worked with them with at that winery for seven years. So I have a, and can be very loyal. Like once I, you know, got in, I was like, Oh, I could just do this whenever they need me to for as long as they need me to. So it's worked out really well, both those little ventures. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, has that been a common theme with uh, other moms in your group in terms of making sure that they have a balance or making or giving them? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I do. I mean, I'd have to stop and think a little bit longer on that one, but I feel like the moms that do work, it's, it is for like a financially, like they need Mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. This isn't that I need to do these things. I I have a desire to, Mm -hmm. and it's, so it's kind of a fun, Mm -hmm. um, but no, I haven't. I don't have, I can't think of moms that do kind of these little side fun things so much. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, my- the thing that occurs to me is that, that, and I'm sorry that I, I make it sound like we're comparing and it, really comparison, as you already said, there is no need for comparison. Everyone has to navigate it and find what fits in their life. And what fits for having you have that, and I and balance is a hard word too because balance isn't necessarily like we think of it. Like one side of the scale is equal to the other side of the scale, not at all. But uh-huh. finding that place where you're nurturing yourself as an individual is is incredibly important because of that whole saying that is so accurate. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah. So that is, uh, it's, it's, it is important. Was there a time of discovery of this or was there just, this was something basically you knew? And well, you... the winery got started pre-kids. So seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, you know, I had to make a pretty intentional effort. Like I know I got kids, but still, still keep calling me. No, I mean, there's definitely been just intense seasons of, of being really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I kind of touched on, like then you start having the little like fantasies of the grass is greener mm-hmm. and is this where I'm supposed to be? Or should I, should I be a working mom? Because that's what, like, that's what my mom was and um, things like that. But but then I also had, to, like, there's really good wisdom, and I can't remember the exact saying, but it's like, don't make a decision or a choice when you're in your most negative state or mind or having, you know, having a really hard time. So now, like today, I'm not overwhelmed, and I'm feeling balanced, and I'm feeling good, and I, I'm glad to be home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, this last weekend, I think I worked Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the winery, which is very, very uncommon, and that felt like, that's a lot, you know, yeah. like, I know that I'm supposed to be here and, um, 
and with my kiddos and stuff. So just, you know, it's just, it's a balance, even though like it's never going to be balanced, but just keep kind of riding. I don't know. Well, yeah, scale. I just mean I each end of the scale isn't going to come out exactly yeah. even. Yeah. It's it's up and it's down and the demands, yeah. the demands are sometimes bigger. And you went through a, a real harrowing demand uh, recently. Well, it's it's been a bit now, but that, um, yeah, that experience that put more demand on you as a mom of having your children get hurt, right? Yeah. Yes. And that then all of a sudden, any anything, all things kind of come to a different priority session. Is that what the discovery you made or tell me how you navigated that? Um, yeah, I mean, no, no, exactly what that one. Like, I, I can't remember what the time frame of it all, like, but it, it, you know, it was important to be here and to be home and time kind of stopped unfortunately not in like the best way you know I feel like time always stops after a birth and it's like the sweet awesome time but mm -hmm. time kind of stopped but not for the best reason I, I guess with my kids getting hurt but it was sweet to be home as a family but then there was a lot of just stuff we were processing so it was that was a hard time all around and then that was the end of august so it led right into a huge transition of my son going off to kindergarten which was great um but there was just a lot of things going on so each each season has its challenges uh, yeah. it sounds like so yeah. yeah yeah have you had a favorite a favorite time and would it be a favorite specific to each child or just... oh it is yes a hundred percent like if I look back with Easton um I just I loved the newborn stage I really did I don't know that I would still say that when I got around to number three <laughs> and so Dakota just turned two and I'm loving this like she's talking and walking and she's fun um, she's just a higher needs, like she would love to be held all the time. And so there's obviously, as you get older, there's a little bit more independence that comes. Uh, but then there's also been a lot of surrendering to that's just the way God made her. And I, it's not going to be like this forever and I can hold you now and that's okay. And, um, so yeah, different times for each kiddo. Magnolia was just this little unicorn baby never cried always happy but she took a lot longer to hit all her developmental marks and so you know as much as you were like always wanted to enjoy today it's hard not to be like are we gonna do this or not you know so when she finally did finally hit all those marks it was exciting mm -hmm. I can't think with Meg she's just been so awesome um always like she's yeah She's she's experiencing her terrible threes right now at age four, and that's to be expected with Magnolia. So it's a little more challenging right now, but it's just it's like funny, but not funny to look back and think of how challenging Easton's threes were, and just to know like, okay, we're gonna get through this. It's gonna be okay. So, um, but then like, who knows? But knowing Cody and her personality since day one, I'm like, oh, Cody. Threes, it's gonna be a whole nother ballgame. But um 
but no yeah i mean i feel like i don't know i can't i think maybe with easton it was fun like even as like a nine month old you just kind of sit there and hang out with me and do certain things but then like with magnolia it was exciting when she finally did walk almost at the age of two and then Cody still took a little while at the age of 17 months to walk um but it's just fun and i guess it's a little bit harder once you've got older ones then it's like hard to stay in this baby stage because you're being pulled all around so then it's you know it's a little bit easier when the babies are more mobile and you know talking and things like that but i i always try to remind myself like not to wish this day ahead you know just mm-hmm. just, just to appreciate where we are today um mm-hmm. but i have been sort of looking forward to two four and six and we're here now so that that's fun <laughs> It's always lively, right? It's lively, yeah. Oh my goodness! But I, I don't even know any different. You know, I wouldn't know any different. So it's fun. I wish they didn't quite fight so much together, but that's just the way it goes. So, do you feel like that's because there's an odd number, or do you feel like that is just inherent in being brothers and sisters? Well, I think maybe an odd number presents that more. Like, I think I do sometimes think oh, I wish Easton had brother you know mm-hmm. to get all wild and crazy with but i no it's just their personalities i mean it's funny like easton was so sweet to magnolia until she hit a certain age and then him he's not sweet to her mm-hmm. but then it's interesting he'll stick he still is sweet to dakota um for the most part but then magnolia and dakota just fight but their fight is kind of like I just am like, well, you guys figure it out. Like they, these, mm-hmm. these, they're rough and tumble and they wrestle, but then it usually ends up with someone fighting someone. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just, yeah, <laughs> that's just my children. They're, yeah, they're wild. So in, in, in your family, how many children were there? Just me and my brother. So this is really, uh, a very new experience. Did you have cousins or did you have other people about you? Yeah, that had more? but not, yes, but not, they were in like Tacoma, so they were close, but we're not super close. But I just can very, like two was not enough for me. Like I just, like I visualize like a bigger, a bigger, like my arms wider than two. And so um, three feels like a lot, like I said, mm-hmm. um, but I'm happy. I'm super happy about it. And, and I always wanted a sister. So it's really sweet that Dakota was a girl because I totally thought she was going to be a boy. And um, yeah, it's really sweet to have more than two. Yeah. And that sweetness uh, of sisters, again, you're looking at these ages now, but if you look at the big, longer span, we will be interested to see how that develops and how that plays out and how much that happens. Yeah. But they love each other. Like, I'm so happy they have each other, especially yes. now, like, Easton's off at school all day long, and so they have each other, and um, they love each other. So, and that, even though they're biting each other and all those things, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't change that. Is there any, so if you were just going to talk to uh, what has been the most challenging but then what has been the most rewarding is it is it hard to make a choice of those definitive ones but in motherhood yes 
Oh man. What has been most challenging and what has been what? Sorry. The most kind of the most rewarding or the most magnificent part about it or the the one that fills your fills your joy and floats your balloon. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm going to move in here. No, Kiddos came home. But, uh, challenging. Oh, man. I don't know. Just those those seasons and those times of just feeling so overwhelmed. Um, you know, it can, mm-hmm. it can get dark sometimes and it can get really frustrating. I really struggled personally being pregnant with toddlers. That was really mm-hmm. tough. So to think, like, could I actually hold on? I'm going to move you're going to be outside right um, I really don't think I could be pregnant again and then have three, three to look after. That That's really rough. Like, I joke, but not. I'm like, can we just go to a magic island and, like, be pregnant and birth these babies? And then I could totally come back with the fourth and I'd be ready to go. But just pregnancy is hard with other, you know, it just got harder and harder and harder. Pregnancy was so sweet. And then it was like, ooh, this is kind of hard with the toddler. And then it was really hard with two. Um, so there's just challenging times, but I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, it's just such a magical experience. Like, you know, I, I kind of joke back in the day, like you're like before you have kids, you're like, you're in like this club. And you're mm-hmm. just such the unknown and you have no idea what you're signing up for or getting into, but it's just until you experience it. And then you're like, Oh, this is, and yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I wouldn't trade it for a million years. Like mm-hmm. I think, you know, God made us as women to give life and to nurture. And that's just, I would never even have been able to touch like the depths of that without having had my children. And so it's just so magical, so powerful, so amazing, so special. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing that would bring you to the deepest emotion, both joys and tears. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and a mixture, right? Even the yeah, mixture oh of gosh. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what yes. did, if you were to wave a magic wand to make something easier in your life, do you know what you would choose to do? Or how you I would choose to do it? What was that? If you had, if you had like a, a wish, just a wish that of what it would look like to make things easier, what would that be? Uh, 100% it would be... Just if we did this more in community, like, mm. you know, if we did this not so isolated, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we did just did this together, it would be, you know, if like you and your neighbors just every night come and cook dinner so you didn't have to and we all just gathered. Like it's so much easier when the kids gather and play and then you can socialize and get help and just, I mean, even specifically just being around other women, like. It just is so much more helpful. Mm. Yeah, that's the the saying that they talk about. It takes a village to raise a child. And I think the idea of being supported in, because it's hard work. I don't think, you know, I think that you've spoken to the the overwhelm that can so totally be there. Uh, 
at various times and more and more pronounced at various times as well. Yeah. And having the opportunity to know that number one, you're not alone. Yeah. And that by gathering together, you have both the kids to, to play with each other and then you have yourselves to be able to have a conversation. So I think yeah. that's really, really good advice and hard to accommodate sometimes though, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And the other thing I would speak to with that is like, you know, just with my son, for example, he can, you know, be so impulsive and irrational. And I, I kind of, in, in various times, would go down that dark path with him, you know, getting upset. And, and it just took so many times of doing that over the years that I was just like, I don't want to do that anymore. I can't, I can't go down with him, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so we've been able to have more peace with that and, and more space when he is getting upset, not to let it really get me upset and suck all my energy and drain me down. Um, and I don't know if I could have gotten there without just time and experience mm -hmm. and reflection, but that's been huge. Like I just, I'm able to deal so much better with, with the tantrums and the irrationality and the lack of impulse control and yeah. Mm, yeah. All of, all, all of that too. Right? All of that too. Yeah. And all of that too. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the things, uh, speaking from having been on much more the other end of the picture, as the as kids are engaged in school and in sports or in whatever their interests are, that's where you begin to connect with even more people. Like you might have discovered that because you did you did the before kindergarten, didn't you do preschool as well? Yeah, yes. we did some preschools and then. It's tough this year with him getting involved in this Montessori. We're just not able to be as present as we would normally have been pre-COVID. But, um, but yeah, feels mm -hmm. like there's more support there, getting involved with those parents. Yeah, coming together and meeting. Logistically, you're not from a small, ge small geographic area. So the whole idea yeah. of neighborhoods and how most um in most neighborhoods during my eras there were people home you know there were yeah. people working but there were also people home and most of the houses and the kids were playing out in the yard and in the street and all of that and yeah. that's it just is it is that would take some effort to create to create that and we can yeah. create it on smaller scales but yeah yeah well that is, and you have a pattern of, of being the mother where the dad is gone for specific, more pronounced than someone that goes away for eight hours a day or a 12 hour shift because yeah. it's, it's intermittent missingness, right? Of, yeah. And it's, it's just a lot of transitioning out when Mike is at the fire station. So it's a 24 hour period and you know, I think right now we do pretty well. I think it affects my son the most. He's just really into dad and obviously can't put all those words together and connect all those dots, but he has a harder time on fire days. But it's just noticing that that um, cycle and being able to be there and support him and 
just be a little bit more empathetic and understanding on those days. Mm-hmm. And did did his entering into school a little bit more school? Did that change it up for him too to have that or not so much? No, it's so funny. Like even just this afternoon, his dad was gone for a minute when I couldn't connect with you, and he's like, "Where's when's dad coming home? When's dad coming home?" So I I don't know if it's just this age mm-hmm. of a six year old boy just really into dad, and then. Like I said, his dad is gone, but his dad is really here a lot. And so um, he's really into his dad, mm-hmm. which is just cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Wow. Well, I have so much admiration for you as and see you doing such an excellent job raising these healthy, happy, vibrant human beings that are developing themselves and their own personalities. You're not trying to form them into a cookie cutter situation. You're supporting them and becoming their people, the, you know, and recognizing that, that they are completely individual. And those, that kind of presence parenting, I think makes a, makes a world of difference in the human beings that, that we produce not not i'm not saying here that that people can't work i'm just saying that yeah that the 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 dedication and the the commitment um do you feel like some of that was supported by making the choices of of how you birthed and if you breastfed or if not or what do you think about that i'm just curious oh, i mean i yeah i can't imagine not you know that mm-hmm. it was just always a loving, caring, supportive, you know, a lot of skin to skin, mm-hmm. you know, breastfeeding on demand, not setting these crazy schedules, a lot of baby wearing. I can't imagine that that wouldn't set you up for success mm-hmm. um, and to feel complete and whole and able to express yourself in a safe place. So yeah, I would, I would definitely think that that would play a part for sure yeah yeah well obviously there was reasons for those choices you know so yeah 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 um yeah the ones I educated myself on on like you know baby wearing and breastfeeding like just all those things made so much sense to me um yeah so what is the new thing that's getting your attention as your children get older what kinds of what kinds of articles or or things that you're hearing uh what is exciting you about supporting your kids as they become more and more young adults and less babies well so i've been reading a couple of things one book i just read was like boundaries with kids which was really good. Um, you know, for one of my children, who just he's just a little bit more like explosive is not like the best word, but that is the title, the explosive child. But it, it was just, then the, the little subtitle below it is better. And I can't think of it right now, but just for children who blank, that just is him. So help kind of helping him connect the dots and, and have some better tools and how to manage anger and big feelings and things like that those are those are the things we are working on and then 
most recently just reading, there's a book, How We Love, but then there's How We Love Our Kids. And so learning a little bit more about like my parenting style and some of my background from my childhood as to why that's my parenting style. And then, you know, included with Mike's parenting style and just kind of just having more mindfulness and perspective on why we do what we do with our kiddos. And you, in terms of having support from family, you'd mentioned earlier that your mom, you were talking about your moms and your bosses were both working moms and coming from that space, but you do have family nearby, right? And tell me about that. Tell me. Yes, we do have family nearby. My mom's recently retired. Like she just popped over, you know, at like three or so this afternoon and all the kids ran out and showed grandma all their latest toys and tricks and things like that. So that's fun. Um, so yes, there is support. There is support that way for sure. Mm-hmm. With my mom, she's super helpful, super grandma. Um, and we've got, I've got support from neighbors that are close friends, which I feel really fortunate. We had, we were friends with them and then they actually moved to the neighborhood, which is kind of crazy given my neighborhood. It's not like a kind of a cookie cutter cul-de-sac style neighborhood it's a little bit older homes with older residents so um we don't have the kids like playing in the streets with mm-hmm. other kiddos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a little more rural you're a little more yeah. rural yeah 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 well that is there any other um social group that you participate in any any book church or anything like that yeah i'm doing mops um oh, mops right I'm doing actually a couple of mops. Um, and then, I mean, that's about it. Magnolia's in preschool and some of the moms I know from mops. So that's kind of nice. I get to see them at mops and I get to see them at preschool drop off. Um, and then Easton recently had a birthday party and we got to invite some friends of his from the Montessori school. So we got to know those parents a little bit more, which is fun. Um, so yeah, lots okay. of. Yeah, lots of different circles and different support groups. Yay! Well, that that is that is wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have other uh, thoughts or anything come to your mind about uh, about you were one that did wait to have babies. You were one of the ones. You were you were in your thirties when you when you okay. began to have your family and there's a lot of people that are choosing one side or the other side of that it was it was the right choice for you and you know clearly because here you are and it and it worked well yeah. for you uh was outside of the fact that that it just happened the way they did is there anything that you would you would speak to somebody that's on the threshold of gee, I don't know if I even want that. I just think give it time. I mean, it's hard when you're, for me personally, when you're in your 20s to like, why wouldn't you have that mindset? You know, I traveled a lot. So I think that's normal and natural and just, you know, don't try to force it or rush it. And, you know, when you find the right person and you guys decide, it'll be great. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, it hasn't gotten you, you having these children. It's not getting in your way of having adventures, is it? No, they're just <laughs> slightly different. You know, it's not go to Thailand or anything, but um, but Thailand will be there 
in the future. So that's fine. But uh, yeah, no, it's still fun to, you know, have your own thing and have adventures and make time for yourself. And so what does your adventures look like when you're doing a family adventure? Because I Oh, we're about to just go. So we got a, a camper and we're going to head out and go visit some family for Memorial Day weekend and um, bring bikes. Then Easton will bring his dirt bike and um, just kind of relax, but watch the kids have play and have fun and visit. And, and have that sense of community. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and just making that happen on different occasions in different ways at different times. Yeah. Are these people that you've been friends with for some time now? These are they're they're technically family. Mm -hmm. um, they're Mike's like distant cousins, and mm -hmm. they've got three kiddo, three boys, a little similar but a little bit older ages. Um, and then we just did this last Memorial Day weekend because you really couldn't go anywhere, but you can still go to your family's house. So um, we started that last Memorial Day weekend. So we're just kind of keeping the tradition going and we'll go see them. And and then we've got lots of other, lots of other little local adventures planned. We did take all the kids on an airplane for mm. Christmas down to Palm Springs. And that was the first time we've ever done that. And it went amazing. My kids did so good. We had the best time. It was just sunny and chill and they did so great so it was awesome wow big adventure yeah i know yeah. have you been to hawaii at all you no been... not with all not with any children not with it. we've gone we went when dakota was in my belly that was the last right. time okay. we went um well no that's not true we took yeah. Bangalore and easton when they were little to hawaii yeah, i thought so you did i thought you did we did do that <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah. we were supposed to all go to Mexico last year, but that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But we've all got the passports. So I'm like, we should use those before the the children's passports, I don't think, are valid that long. So it'd be good to use it mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, these are hard times for those choices. But still, yeah. the, but still that whole whole ability to have them have those experiences too the yeah. flying on the yeah. plane and the doing and yeah. doing those things and having that family vacation aspect of things is so much fun that's yeah. great that is great well you also have doggies too you have plural have doggies. doggies who are now starting to wrestle each other in the background <laughs> so sorry about that oh no <laughs> no worries no worries it's all welcome it's all welcome. I really thank you for taking time to to okay. share with us all and to open up of your stories of how it how it's gone for you and what you are discover what you have discovered and what you're continuing to discover. I want to take time to thank my producer Terry Spring, the love of my life, as well as Megan Hamilton for her wonderful sharing today. We're going to end our time together by playing a Brandy Carlisle song named Mother. As from Megan's point of view, this is one that captures motherhood.
Welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind You're tethered to another and you worry it all the time You always know the melody but you never heard it rhyme She's fair and she is quiet Lord, she doesn't look like me She made me love the morning, she's a holiday at sea the New York streets are as busy as they always used to be But I am the mother of Evangeline The first things that she took from me were selfishness and sleep She broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep She filled my life with color, canceled plans and trashed my car None of that was ever who we are Outside of my windows are the mountains and the snow I hold you while you're sleeping and I wish that I could go All my roadie friends are out accomplishing their dreams But I am the mother of Evangeline They've still got their morning paper and their coffee and their time And they still enjoy their evenings with the skeptics and the wine Oh, but all the wonders I have seen, I will see a second time From inside of the ages through your eyes You are not an accident where no one thought it through The world that stood against us made us mean to fight for you and when we chose your name we knew that you'd fight the power too you're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me i'll never hit the big time without you so they can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine because i am the mother of evangeline they can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine Cause I am the mother of the Benjamin Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. for Midwife After Hours, right here on Valley 104.9.